Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company, presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is C.K. Moore. C.K. recently accepted a position to be the head men's and women's bowling coach at Hastings College. C.K., it's Tim Berg and Coach K.C. of Clemkin here. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. C.K., certainly we want to discuss your time at Hastings College there and that choice you made, but we have to begin. Before the podcast started, you were mentioning that your family is all just getting over the coronavirus, and I'd love for you to share that story with everyone and, uh, and most importantly, let us know how you guys are all doing. Yeah, actually, actually our, whole, our, our oldest daughter is out in Denver uh, working at the airport, but uh, our youngest daughter, 18, uh, we all three of us came down with it uh, right around June 20th. And uh, we, we all had different symptoms. Um, our, our youngest, obviously, being, uh, being 18, she had a slight fever, some fatigue, um, not too much uh, uh, symptoms with her. My, uh, my wife had uh, she had cardioablation surgery back in 2014. And so uh, she spiked 105 temperature. And so we took her to the hospital and, and she, uh, uh, they sent her to ICU. She was in ICU for five days and then 11 days total in the hospital. And at the risk of sounding stupid, she actually had the, the, the least amount of symptoms. Hers was just fever. The problem was because of her heart condition, it, it kind of attacked her heart. And, and even now she's still on oxygen and her heart is on, is, uh, is an AFib. And so, uh, she'll have mm-hmm. to probably, uh, have to have another cardioablation surgery, uh, sometime soon. I lost taste and smell, had, a, had a fever. I never got above 102, but, um, because of loss of taste and smell, you couldn't eat any, everything I put in my mouth made me sick. And so, I lost 27 pounds in about uh, two and a half weeks. And so, um, you know, and just, just general fatigue, just, just, you know, felt lousy. But uh, we have, we're, we're on the back side of that. We still have some, some fatigue issues and stuff. But uh, outside of that, uh, we all are, are recovering and, uh, and moving forward. Well, I'm sure glad to hear that you guys are doing better. I know there were several people in the bowling community been affected, a couple of them down in uh, – Arizona, Greg Thompson and uh, and Matt Jones, um, very you know high level skilled players that both have it. And um, last that I had heard uh, that Matt was still on oxygen for quite some time. So uh, so hopefully uh, you and your your wife and family all all do uh, recover sooner than later. You know completely, one hundred percent. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, CK. One of the things uh, you know we have a lot of listeners here. Um, Hastings College, uh, probably a, a pretty big move for you, and, and taking over a collegiate program in its entirety is is definitely no small task. Is that something you've been considering for a while, or or how did that come down? Well, um, yes, about uh, about uh, uh, twelve years ago, I did some adjunct professor work out when I was out in California at. Um, uh, Simpson University, and I did five years of adjunct professor work out there, and absolutely loved 
being on campus. Love the college enthusiasm, love the energy. And um, so as we, my wife and I start talking and planning about our youngest going off to college, um, we thought about trying to get on college uh, campus either to teach or, or whatever. We, we weren't really sure at that time. And then about uh, seven years ago, uh, when I was in Texas, I was asked to coach the, high, the men's and women's uh, high school team uh, in New Braunfels High School. And I fell in love with the coaching aspect of being with those young men and women. And so that kind of planted the seed um, to, to start looking around. And that's what we did. We probably started this journey a couple of years ago. I had had a couple of interviews with some other colleges and stuff. And, and uh, lo and behold, Hastings uh, took a chance. Uh, the, the coach, uh, Coach Ron, who started the program several years ago, did a great job and a wonderful foundation, great bunch of kids, a great recruiting class. And uh, he was retiring and moving on to, to other things. And, uh, and, and I interviewed, and Hastings is, uh, took a wild chance and uh, invited me to come and be the head coach. And so I uh, retired after 40 years in the pulpit and, and uh, am now on the college campus uh, coaching men and women in a sport that I love. So then let's talk about things. Hastings, you guys look to be, you know, mainly, you know, you're right about 80 miles, maybe 60 miles, somewhere in that range, just a little bit to the west and south of, of Lincoln University in Nebraska there. So I'm sure that's one of your main uh, a main attraction for a lot of bowlers and then and you guys as well. But how are you working on that recruiting side of things, knowing you have uh, have such a storied program right in your, your backyard there? Well, you know, you, you, you have to, uh, you know, first of all, you go for the kids that you know and, uh, and have planted some seeds with some uh, – some kids down in Florida that I had an opportunity to uh, to know and work with, and and then you know there's there's the front rush system where people apply and and uh, do different things to to get um, information about your college, and so I'm just trying to to learn the process of how to go about to to recruit effectively. You know, I'm kind of been living the last couple of weeks uh, the bumper sticker philosophy: I must hurry and catch up with the others, for I am their leader. And uh, so it's it's uh, it's like drinking from a fire hose. Lots to learn, um, lots to do, mm-hmm. and so um, I, I wish I had a good answer for how to recruit. I know that I've talked to some uh, some of the other coaches here for other sports, and I've and I've picked their brain a little bit. But um, I, I'm just trying right now to to get my feet solidly on uh, on the campus and uh, learn from them and learn the process. I've had a, a nice meeting with Ron and some of the assistant coaches that he has in place, and so we're just trying to build on that. Well, let's go back just a little bit and talk about your bowling background. I think a lot of people are familiar with your name having shot, you know, one of the sm- very small number of people who have shot 300 on TV. What was that like to have Earl Anthony call the action uh, for you? And I think <laughs> it was your, was it not your debut on professional uh, on, on the PBA I, uh, tour, as far as making a, a telecast, it was my it was my initial telecast. It was actually my I think it was my third PBA event. I had bowled, um, I think the term was in February, and I had bowled at the end of the previous year in Portland, Oregon, at uh, um, at the tournament there, and I actually made the cut, um, the top twenty four. And then I had bowled several years before that. Um, just as a snot-nosed kid out of juniors, um, you might remember the Kessler Open um, that mm. took place. And they used to have 20 gamers, 
10 games on Saturday and Sunday, and they'd take the top five, and you'd win a spot into the Kessler. And uh, and I actually happened to win one of those years ago. And so that was my first tournament, a PBA tournament. It was way back in the Kesslers in the 80s. And uh, then and I actually met Earl there. Um, he uh, he actually came down. I was down practicing during during the time, and he actually came and, and started throwing some shots on the pair I was warming up, I was practicing on during uh, – our, our time. And I got a chance to meet him then. And of course, years later, you know, when, when we met again in 1996 in, in Austin, he didn't remember that. But, uh, you know, when you have, when you have Earl and you have Mike Durbin calling the shots, um, mm. what, what a phenomenal opportunity, phenomenal experience. They were gracious. You know, they treated me the same as they treated Parker and uh, and Butch Soper and, and, and Dave Traber, because those guys were, you know, were uh, veterans and had accomplished much. But uh, they treated me the same before the show and were just wonderful and gracious, that, you know, congratulating me for making the TV show and that kind of thing. And, and so it's just, it was a wonderful experience. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I, I was incredibly blessed to have the success on that particular show, but, um, you know, it's just, it, it doesn't... Uh, you know, it doesn't. It didn't really sink in. At the risk of sounding stupid, it didn't really sink in, and 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 I really didn't appreciate or understand what happened until I made my second show later that year. And then all of a mm. sudden, it wasn't just necessarily a flash in a pan or a one-time thing. Um, not not saying that that uh, that I was the end all of bowling, but in my mind, I did it again. I made the show, bowled for the title. And and that helped me to to understand. Okay, this that was real. This is this is a uh, this actually happened. And so because I don't have a lot of memory of the TV show, I, I go back mm-hmm. and watch it, or somebody watches it. I honestly do not have a lot of memory about it. You know, just from being uh, under the pressure and the lights, and you know all the stuff you you remember growing up watching uh, bowling on Saturday afternoon. Um, it, it it it's a blur in a lot of ways. And then also you that then led you to be the '96 uh, PBA Rookie of the Year, and then you also had some notoriety where, where Sports Illustrated, and this was a time when bowling wasn't getting a lot of pub. You were actually Sports Illustrated featured you in an article as well. Yeah, they did. You know, it was a lot of fun to do that. We took a lot of funny shots in um, in in the church I was working in up in uh, up in Washington State. And, um, you know, I, I just look at it as a rising tide lifts all boats. I was fortunate enough to have the success that I had, but, but, but that wasn't, I wasn't going to, to leave my calling and go out on tour full time. That wasn't what I was planning on doing. I wanted to give it a couple of years. I wanted to itch a scratch that I had. And, uh, I was very fortunate to have, um, you know, the success that I did in a very short time. And it opened, it opened up a lot of opportunities to meet a lot of wonderful people. And, uh, and that's what I really remember about it is the people. It was so much fun to, uh, uh, to do radio shows and different things around the country. I mean, after the show that, uh, that Friday night in Austin, I was there till 12, 31 o'clock in the morning doing radio shows from all over the country. And, uh, they mm-hmm. had called the, called the bowl and wanted to do interviews and stuff. And so that was a lot of fun. You know, you get a chance to, you know, go from this Yahoo from Washington State to all of a sudden you're the you're the play of the day on seeing on ESPN's play of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's fun mm-hmm. and it's great. You know, it doesn't knock down any pins for me today, but uh, it, it's a lot of fun to have that and tell the story and 
And I'll tell you, the, the, the funniest part of that story, if I may, is the guys that I was rooming with and traveling with, two of them uh, were driving from Austin to Reno. That was the next stop. And so they grabbed all of my equipment. The trophy was in a box. I didn't even see that. They grabbed everything, put it in the van. They took off. Well, my, my street shoes were in my bowling bag, and my wallet was in my street shoes. And oh, so when I, went to yeah. the air, when I went to the airport the next day in Austin, now this is 96, obviously, you know, pre-9-11. When I got to the airport, um, I had no identification. And so I used the sports page, the Austin sports page and i held it up and i said that's me right there that's me you know i have a flight to reno and the lady said hey i watched that show congratulations have a nice flight and that's how i got on the plane <laughs> that is amazing so, what a story that talk about something that w- that definitely would not happen today i mean you have to oh absolutely paper right in front. <laughs> yeah and i they showed i showed up in reno i had I, sh- I showed up in reno with my winner's check, but had no wallet identification. I couldn't check into my hotel. I couldn't do anything. But even though, you know, I had a $20,000 winner check, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't buy anything to eat. I had nothing. <laughs> so, well, and then, and then the anyway. drive from Austin to Reno, I mean, that was, you probably still got there a day and a half before they got there. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because remember, if you remember, if, if you remember the show at all, um, Austin was in the grips of some ice storms. That week that yeah. we were there, Austin had had some ice storms. And so that's why they were leaving right after the, the, the show on that Friday night was to try to get out of Austin and, and try to get some, some miles behind them um, before more bad weather came in. So, wow. What a crazy story. That's awesome. That's good stuff. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Hey, a lot of, a lot of the players, um, you know, when we're, when we're talking about collegiate bowling and then the PBA tour, you know, one of the distinct differences uh, is, you know, when you're on the PBA tour, I mean, it's, you know, you're bowling by yourself. You may have a small team of, you know, whether it's a tour rep or, you know, friends or family or so, but it's really kind of individual bowling. Um, do, you, do you have any kind of a preference between uh, team bowling versus, you know, individual competitions? Well, you know, I, I, I have some experience with team bowling. You know, you might remember the, the, the world team challenges that were out. I bowled a few of those. And, of course, every time you go to nationals and, uh, and those kind of things, you get an opportunity to bowl in, in the team setting how to work with your, your teammates to, to break down lanes and how to attack them and come up with a strategy and that kind of thing. So I, I, I don't think there's, there's a, um, I don't think there's a huge discrepancy between, uh, between solo and team. You just have other people relying, relying on you. And uh, I think the self-talk is different when you're with a team than it is when you're, you're beating yourself up because you're bowling bad or whatever. Uh, you have others there that are instantly there to, to pick you up and, and, uh, uh, shake you from any uh, from any a- anger or, or disappointment or whatever for a bad shot. So I think the as- the the team aspect is is wonderful for uh, for the mental side of the game. So have you thought then uh, regarding the mental game? Is is there anyone who you're you're maybe going to look to or any sorts of uh, thoughts you you've put into that or how you're going to approach that with the team? We you know we talk to coaches and they all have a little bit of a different way of doing it. Most of them you know follow some of the same. Uh, mindsets but have a little bit of a different way of uh, of approaching it with their team on a, on a you know school by school basis yeah I, i'm i'm rereading uh bowling psychology by dr dean uh, i read that a few years ago and so i'm rereading that again to try to try to refresh that and and i think 
I think one of the things that, that the mental side of the game um, for uh, college kids is much, is the, the flip side for me the, of the coin of that is maturity. And, and I think we talk about the mental game, the visual, visual, visualization, the, uh, the breathing, um, you know, that kind of stuff. But I think we miss out some time on the maturity because some of the, some of the, uh, uh, the psychology that you need to be a good team bowler doesn't work if the, if the kid isn't um, mature. And I think there, there has to be some making sure, uh, and, and maybe that's the pastor side of me coming out saying that you get a chance to speak into their life a little bit. Uh, you don't, you know, sometimes they come from difficult backgrounds or whatever. And so maturity level, I think, is, is very important when it comes to being able to, to get them to do the visualization, to do the calm breathing, to be a team player. Um, you, you could have the best talent in the world, but if, if, if uh, you know, we've, we've all seen, as bowlers, we've seen people with million-dollar swings and ten-cent brains. And so you've got you've to be able to, I think, balance the maturity uh, with the mental side. Um, kids living away from home for the first time, uh, uh, never, never had to be responsible for anything on, of their own, that kind of thing. And now you're, you're dropping a lot on them, um, not only to be responsible to themselves, but also now they have a team to be responsible for. And so I think the maturity side, uh, helping the kids to mature, to, to grow just in life and life's lessons helps make the mental side of bowling, um, uh, stick and, and be a little bit more solidified uh, faster. And, and my final question there, and you just kind of had hit on that as far as the pastor side of things, do you see yourself being able to, you know, kind of incorporate a lot of that, uh, I'd say kind of counseling a little bit as you're, as you're working through with your players? Absolutely. You know, I, I have, as a pastor for 40 years, I've had more important, serious conversations at the bowling alley than I ever had in my office. Um, people's guards are down. They come to you. They're in a, in a, in an environment where they feel comfortable and they're willing to, to share what's going on and that kind of thing. And when I was interviewing here at Hastings, um, you're, the, <laughs> just serendipitously, um, I, you know, I, I, I technically left the ministry to come, uh, coach here at Hastings and the coach who was here, coach Ron, uh, retired here from coaching to go do some ministry work. So there's there's some uh, some serendipitous uh, coincidence there, but also uh, Hastings uh, currently doesn't or didn't have a chaplain and asked if I would come and take on that role as well. And so not only am I coaching uh, uh, the young men and women here for the bowling team, I'm also going to be putting in some time as the as a school chaplain. So uh, I'll be available um, not only to the bowlers in that role, but also the whole student body. And it also looks like you have you have two assistant coaches that that are, are staples in that community and in that in that area and can help you kind of walk your way through this. Um, you know, looking and seeing they've they had a lot of experience and have been coaching there for quite a while. So that has to be nice too. You step in and you have two assistants there to be able to help you and and uh, help you make it make it through your first uh, first go round. Absolutely, I, I've been very fortunate. Ron put together a really good group of people. And uh, and there are others who, whose names may or may not appear on the on the roster there who are just very supportive of uh, Hastings Bowling, and so um, you know I'm I'm not here to change 
what they're doing. I'm here to build on the foundation uh, that's already been built. And uh, and with with Susie and Corey and and Butch, um, you know, I, I get a chance, and Chris, I get a chance to use them, their experience. They obviously have more than I do at the college level, and so uh, I see myself as a as a baseball manager, and that's to put the best team on the field as possible. And I never take the field. And so with those assistant coaches, they're going to help me to, uh, you know, just like, uh, you know, take any baseball team, they have a bench coach, they have a first base coach, they have a pitching coach, they have a dugout coach. I I plan on using uh, the coaches here in that same capacity so that we can, we can make the best bowlers that we can. And and that's where I really see my role is, is to teach them how to be bowlers rather than somebody who bowls. And, and to make them be able to go, help them to be able to go to any house, any condition, throw a couple of balls, be able to know the length of the pattern, you know, and how to attack the pattern, that kind of stuff. What hand position may or may not work, what ball surface may or may not work. And, and that's what I'm hoping I can bring is the experience uh, that I've been fortunate to have and teach them how to be bowlers rather than just somebody who bowls. There's definitely a difference, isn't there? That's for sure. There's a huge difference, yes. Well, C.K. Moore, thank you so much for joining us today, and best of luck to you and your team there at Hastings College. We'll look forward to touching base with you later on this season and want to wish you all the best, and uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Man, my pleasure. Thank you, guys, for the privilege and honor of uh, being on your podcast. Appreciate all that you guys are doing for college bowling. Thank you so much.